and what the Lord says about baptism. Matthew chapter 3, everybody. This is what he says about baptism. In those days, John the Baptist came preaching in the desert of Judea and saying, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is near. This is he who was spoken of through the prophet Isaiah, a voice of one calling in the desert, Prepare the way for the Lord, make straight paths for him. John's clothes were made of camel hair, and he had a leather belt around his waist. His food was locust and wild honey. People went out to him from Jerusalem, all Judea, and the whole region around the Jordan, confessing their sins. They were baptized by him in the Jordan River. But when he saw many Pharisees and Sadducees coming to where he was baptizing, he said to them, You broods of vipers, who want you to flee from the coming wrath? Produce fruit in keeping with repentance, and do not think you can say to yourselves, We have Abraham as our father. For I tell you the truth, out of these stones, God can raise up children for Abraham. The axe is already at the foot of the tree, and every tree that does not bear good fruit will be cut down and thrown into fire. I baptize you with water for remission of sins, for repentance. But after me will come one who is more powerful than I, whose sandals I cannot carry. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. Listen verse 12 everybody. His winnowing fork is in his hand and he will clear his threshing floor gathering his wheat into the barn and burning up the chaff with unquenchable fire. Let us just stop there for a moment. Why have I read this for you? Because baptism always comes after repentance everybody. So again for those who are going to be baptized, I am going to make an altar call here at the end of this. You must be able to receive Jesus first into your heart and repent of all your sins before you are baptized. That's why the baptism of babies is not scriptural. That's why even the baptism that has been done in different churches in different ways Kubuka Bendera, those things are wrong. That is the enemy that has entered the church. But I want you to know that when John appeared John was sent to preach repentance for the remission of sins he baptized them in water and to begin with you see that the message John was carrying was a holy message, a glorious message and he went, he did not preach in the temple where his father was ministering, you understand? But John preached in the wilderness. You see that somebody? John was preaching in the wilderness and when he preached in the wilderness, he preached a holy gospel of repentance and turning away from sins. Again remember that when you be baptized you have repented and you've accepted that you are turning away from sin. So surely that tells me there is no way you can intentionally begin to go back to sin. And the other thing about baptism and the message of repentance, they go together. And you see that John the Baptist, somebody listen to me, was dressed in camel hair. You see that? And he tied a leather belt. And yet his father Zechariah had been a priest in the house of the Lord. But John did not go to preach the message of repentance to those people in the temple. He went out in the wilderness because of the state of the defilement in the house of the Lord at the time. So surely when John was out in camel hair, that is not attractive to the world, right? So I want you to know that the process you are entering into today doesn't have to be attractive to the world. When John was preaching in the wilderness, camel hair, a leather belt, it looked absolutely crazy. You see that? It looked something out of this world, not of this world. And yet inside that camel hair, inside that leather belt was the glorious message of repentance of the Lord. You see that? And so when you begin today, the process
process of baptism into your life, sanctification that is through baptism, you are actually separating from the beauties of the world. Are we together somebody? I'm raising a foundation so you understand from square one that when you begin the process of sanctification through baptism, you are beginning a walk away from the world. Because you see again, like I repeat, John dressed in complete camel hair, a leather belt, eating wild honey and locusts. That is not what the world wants to feed on. That is not the dressing the world wants to have, camel hair. And he is in the wilderness, somebody. So today you are beginning a walk away from the beauties of the world. Like we are going to see very shortly because I'm going to start speaking with you about the deeper level of baptism. The finer fabric of baptism into your fiber. How baptism is going to transform you. And remember that again, like I said, baptism will kill your flesh today. And once your flesh is killed, you can be able to resurrect as a new spiritual being that is resurrected under the power of the blood of Jesus. So you can be able to inherit the rapture of the church, the kingdom of God. But again, the other thing you see about baptism here, I just want you to be aware, is that John is saying, after him comes the more powerful one, our Lord Jesus, whose sandals John is not even able to carry, and he will baptize them with the Holy Spirit and with fire. So I want you to know that the Holy Spirit of Jehovah God will only come on you after you have been baptized by water, in water. That is the chronology of events that the Father set out for us. You have to repent of your sins first. After repenting of your sins, then be baptized like we'll see very shortly. Which means to die with Christ, be buried with him, then resurrect with him. And then very clearly you see that John is talking of an axe. Shocker. He's already saying there is an axe that's already at the foot of the tree. Again, I just want you to know that with baptism also comes judgment, the judgment of the Lord. So you are not ignorant, so you become mature Christians, different from the others out there who don't know, who think you can be baptized and go back to sexual sin. But he says the axe is already at the foot of the tree. If you have repented and you have been baptized, then please produce fruit in keeping with repentance, somebody. You see that? Produce fruit, otherwise the axe is already at the foot of the tree. Now that is interesting to me. Why? Because the one that is coming after John he says he's coming with a winnowing fork. You see that? He's going to separate the wheat from the chaff. And he's going to burn the chaff with unquenchable fire. Now listen to me precious people. When the Holy Spirit of Jehovah God will come and touch you after baptism. Some of you I know you've not received the Holy Spirit. And many times if you've been to our baptisms. People can be baptized by the Holy Spirit immediately in the pool after they've been baptized. So some of you may be touched here today depending on the will of the Father. With the Holy Spirit after you've been baptized in water. But remember that when the Holy Spirit comes, He's going to empower you. He's going to sanctify you. He's going to cause you to walk in the ways of the Lord, the righteous ways of the Lord. But when the Holy Spirit comes, He also comes with the fire of Jehovah God. That is the fire that you now see is burning the chaff that's unquenchable and is burning the chaff. So baptism actually is meant to purify you so you can make it into the kingdom of God. It makes me wonder as to those that have not been baptized. No wonder now they are calling the radio and they're saying, please, we all want to be baptized, the Anglicans. Because they found out that actually if anything happens to them without baptism, they're in a very bad place. But I just want, before we proceed further, that you understand the key events here. Number one, repentance. You have to repent, receive Christ. That repentance means you are walking in this direction 
And then you are turning around and heading where? This way. Let us be clear on that one, everybody. Again, repentance means you have been going in this way. Sexual sin, the lying, the lusting at women, lusting at men, the love of money, witchcraft, slandering, phone calls that are unclean, and then you turn this way. And baptism will enhance you and bring you to another level in your walk towards Christ. Matthew chapter 3, and look at what he says here. Hallelujah. Verse 13. Then Jesus came from the Galilee to the Jordan to be baptized by John. You see that? But John tried to deter him, saying, I need to be baptized by you. And do you come to me? Jesus replied, verse 15, everybody, Let it be so now. It is proper for us to do this, to fulfill all righteousness. Somebody let us stop there. Why would Jesus accept that John the Baptist baptizes him? Remember in the beginning, our Lord Jesus, John chapter 1 verse 1, read at home later. Our Lord Jesus, he had the same level of glory as the Father. In the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God. The Word was God. You see that? Even later, before he leaves his, his disciples, he said, Father, these are the ones you have given me. So even as I leave, Father, protect them from the evil one. And remember in the beginning as it was in the same glory with you. He reminds the Father of the original glory he had with the Father. But Jesus chose to leave glory and come down here because he had to show you the way. Do you hear me, somebody? That's why he comes to John the Baptist and he allows John the Baptist to baptize him so you can see the way, how to go, the way to go, which way to go. He says, let it be done to fulfill all righteousness. So when I leave, these people will know without ambiguity, without confusion, which way to go. Otherwise, the Lord Jesus has said, I'm glorious enough, I'm holy enough. In other words, he was actually blameless. He was unblemished. He could have refused to be baptized, but he did it for your sake, somebody. Let us continue. 16. As soon as Jesus was baptized, he went up out of the water, and at that moment heaven opened, and the Spirit of the Lord, hallelujah, descending like a dove and lighting on him, and then a voice from heaven said, This is my Son, whom I love, with him I am well pleased. Let's stop there. I'm just giving you the chronology of events that takes place from before you become a Christian until you right into the kingdom of God. Listen to this. You repent of your sins, you receive Receive Jesus, repenting meaning you're walking this way, turn back this way. Receive Jesus, and then you be baptized in water for the remission of sins. But after that, he says, there is the baptism of the Holy Spirit, and there is also the fire that's burning the chaff, and the axe at the foot of the tree. The judgment of the Lord that comes upon you when you don't walk right after baptism, somebody. And then after that, you see very clearly that every time a voice appears, preaching repentance, repent, repent somebody, repent, the kingdom of God is near, repent, then very soon the Lord will appear. And I want you to know that our God is not democratic. And that's why I've been wondering a lot about the nations of the earth. You see, he's speaking to them from Kenya here. He's speaking to Texas now, the earthquake we talked about. And he's speaking to Malawi from here. He spoke the tsunami from here. He spoke Katrina from here. He's speaking them from here. And every time his word goes 
out, his word has to be accomplished. And you see that John the Baptist, when he was preaching repentance for the remission of sins, he only operated around the Jordan River, around the Judea there. He did not reach North Korea, South Korea. He did not reach South Africa. He did not reach all the other places. The Lord did not say, just a moment, this is unfair. Let us finish this. You come first, South Africa, get to China, India, and then come back here before the Lord can appear. So our God's ways, we cannot take his ways for granted. You see that immediately John is preaching repentance around the Jordan River and baptizing. And in a short while, behold the Lamb of God that takes away the sins of the world. You see that? Jesus appeared, somebody. And when Jesus appeared, the Lamb of God that takes away the sins of the world, then you see that John is baptizing him there. But what do you see happening? Heaven open. You see that the Father now is able to open heaven because Jesus is teaching us the way. How to go? Which way to go? When the Lord Jesus is baptized, after he's been baptized, he comes out of the water. Heaven opens. And now the baptism of the Holy Spirit. You see that somebody? Now the Holy Spirit comes like a dove and lights on him. And when the Holy Spirit lights on him, the Father is able to speak about his love to Christ and the fact that this is my son. Now how does that relate to you? That means immediately you have been baptized in water, then you should expect the baptism of the Holy Spirit. You cannot make it into the kingdom of God, remember, without the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit has to sanctify you, has to kill you completely, has to finish the good work that the blood of Jesus has done. The Holy Spirit has been given authority and power and jurisdiction and mandate to prepare the church and you are the church for the kingdom of God. And you see that immediately you are baptized, then now you have essentially entered into sonship with God in heaven. You see how important baptism is? Immediately is baptized. Heaven opens. This is my son. You women and men, boys and girls, you are all going to enter into sonship with Jehovah God in heaven through baptism. And remember, we don't have time to read forward because I want to go to the next item. Forward chapter 4, you see that immediately the Holy Spirit comes. Now the Holy Spirit can teach the Lord Jesus even how to overcome the devil. You see that? Chapter 4, you see that he's heading to the wilderness. Now I just want to mention two items there. Number one, immediately, some of you, I know you've been living in certain relationships, certain arrangements, certain connections, certain network of friends, but immediately this baptism will take place here. Listen to me very carefully. And then the baptism of the Holy Spirit and the fire takes place. What is going to happen here? The chaff has to be burned. See you? That means some of your friends, your connections are going to start cutting. And that's why you see the trial that Jesus had to go through. That is the trial you are going to go through. You are going to wonder how come now that I'm baptized after all these years, all of a sudden I've just lost my job. And some of you begin questioning God. I've had people question the Lord. They say, if surely I've been baptized, should have been better. But I started by saying that the figure that John the Baptist wore was not pleasing to the world. Remember that. Remember our God is going to bless you. That is all right. But I'm just talking about the structure and the figure that John wore. He that brought the message of repentance at that time before the kingdom of God. It was camel hair and a leather belt. That is the least of what the world really wants to wear. And he was feeding on locusts, which means even your diet is going to change. Some of your physical diet might change, but I'm talking about your spiritual diet here. Your diet is going to change. You're going to start feeding on something else, even though not popular to the world, even though it may not be Vitimbi here, Vihojama Kamani, but it will be the diet of the kingdom of God. Because he is the true bread, right? And 
you're going to enter into intimacy with him. I just want to mention that you're going to enter into sonship with Jehovah God. And the other thing, the second thing is temptations and trial are going to set in. You're going to see some of your friends break off. You're going to see that you don't even like watching some of those TV programs because the process you're going to enter into is a spiritual, a process of spiritual sanctification. You may not understand why all of a sudden you don't like this soap opera that you used to watch. Those programs, right? You are not going to like those programs. You're going to begin liking more things about the Lord. You're going to like reading the Bible. You're going to not like hanging out with people that are drinking in the bars or whatever. Friday nights, you're not going to be found in those places because you're going to be set apart, separated and sanctified and prepared for the kingdom of God. I'm going to read one more scripture and then we'll go now to the next level. Let us go to the book of Romans chapter 6 even as we continue on baptism. And then I'll bring you to the next level, the key now for today. Hallelujah. Romans chapter 6. And then I'll bring you to the next level. I'll talk about the gown that you wear after baptism. Okay, well, let's first read Romans chapter 6. He says, very carefully everybody listen. What shall we say then? Shall we go on sinning so the grace may increase? Now that is the tragedy in which the church has found herself in, right? The church said, no, we have the grace. You see? They said the grace is sufficient, so they have actually abused the grace because they have continued sinning after they received the spirit of grace. You see that? But I'm bringing it forth to you. I am submitting this to you today that after your baptism today, you should in no way get involved in intentional sin. You cannot abuse the grace of our Lord like you see very shortly when I talk about the gown that you wear after baptism. You see that? You, you cannot abuse the grace of our Lord because that that grace was designed and was made by God and given to you at a very expensive price. So he says, what shall we say then? Shall we go on sinning so that the grace may increase? He says, by no means. The answer is no. We die to sin. How can we live in it any longer, somebody? You are going to die to sin today. How can you continue living in sin if you have died to sin? Surely there has to be a change, right? And that's why John was saying, the axe is already at the foot of the tree. Unless you produce fruit in keeping with repentance, good fruit is said, you are going to be cut down, somebody. You see that? That means you begin bearing fruit. You must bear fruit. Let's continue. Or don't you know that all of us who were baptized into Christ Jesus, were baptized into his death? And he says, we were therefore buried with him through baptism into death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, we too may live a new life. Let me stop there for a while. Listen to me, precious people. That is the process of baptism that you're going to go through here. The killing of flesh, the burial, dying with him, and then the burial with him in the water through baptism, and then the resurrection with Christ. That's why I said baptism is not a physical process. You should be anticipating the receiving of the Spirit of the Lord. You should be looking forward to receiving the Holy Spirit of Jehovah. You see that? Because he said, you are going to die to flesh, to die with him, and then you are going to be buried with him in the water, and then resurrected by him. Now listen to this. Our Lord Jesus, when he died, the Holy Spirit of Jehovah God was able to raise him from the dead into glory. You see that? That's why I said the Holy Spirit is very critical in this process of baptism. Somebody. The Holy Spirit is very central because it is he, the person of the Holy Spirit, that raised Jesus from the dead, and he's going to raise you to Today. That means today 
you begin to wear a new identity. Today, you cannot even identify with sin anymore. I know you are going to fall at times here and there. Maybe you made a mistake and you did something, but you say, accidentally, it's all right. You can say, Lord, give me a hand. I slipped, I fell here. I did not know when I was putting this here. I was doing this. I did not know when I was telling this sister to go to the other brother to be told that that brother was going to go into sexual sin with her. Those are accidental ways of sinning, unintentional. But we cannot go ahead and sin intentionally anymore. Because we are being killed, we are dying to sin. How can we continue living in sin, somebody? That's what he's talking about here. In other words, when you go into this baptism here, you are actually replicating what Jesus did in Isaiah 53. When he died for you, and after dying for you, he was able to crucify the flesh and then resurrect eventually somebody. You see what I'm talking about here? What do you wear after baptism, especially in these last days when we are preparing for the rapture of the church? Definitely you are wearing a different gown right now those of you that have not been baptized but after baptism you are going to wear another gown because he says you are going to qualify for the kingdom of God he is going to say this is my son whom I love with him I'm well pleased. And remember, sonship encompasses both women and men. And for you to be able to qualify into the kingdom of God, to qualify to be taken up in the rapture, that means you are able to be sanctified, clean, be glorious, and wear the wedding gown of the rapture of the church. So I want to bring to you today a new aspect of this today, that you are going to wear the wedding gown beginning today. But the problem is not wearing the wedding gown. Because the wedding gown has been prepared for all people. Everybody that confesses and says, Jesus is Lord, I receive him today. I repent today. I am baptized today. Everybody qualifies for the wedding gown, Isaiah 53. The problem now becomes, how do you keep the gown glorious, bright, and clean? Do you hear me? The wedding gown that you wear even as you qualify today for the kingdom of God. And we all are aware that the rapture is near. There's no time for daily dealing around. Are we aware? Amen in the name of Jesus. I'm reading now Zechariah chapter 3, precious people. And this is what he says here. And I want you to be able to see yourself there. I'm reading Zechariah chapter 3. Pay attention, everybody. He says, Then he showed me Joshua, the high priest standing before the angel of the Lord, and Satan standing on his right hand side to accuse him. The Lord said to Satan, The Lord rebuke you, Satan. The Lord who has chosen Jerusalem rebuke you. Is not this man a burning stick snatched from the fire? Verse 3. Now Joshua was dressed in filthy clothes. Those of you that are not yet baptized, you see you are dressing right now. You are dressed in filthy clothes, somebody. Whoever has not repented is dressed in filthy clothes. But let's continue. He said, now Joshua was dressed in filthy clothes as he stood before the angel. And the angel said to those who were standing before him, hallelujah, the angel said to those who were standing before him, take off his filthy clothes. Then he said to Joshua, see, I have taken away your sins and I'll put a rich garment, I'll put rich garments on you. So actually the true meaning of the process you are going to go through today is the wearing of a glorious garment that qualifies you for the kingdom of God. Do you hear me somebody? If I were to summarize for you what you are going to go through, those of you that have not been baptized, is that today you are actually going to wear a gown that is going to be able to qualify you for the kingdom of God. Without that gown, you cannot make it into the kingdom of God. And that's why he says, 
the clothes were filthy here and so he orders and he says then he said to Joshua see I have taken away your sins your sins are going to be buried in that water somebody do you hear me every sin that is according to the flesh the sinful desires of the flesh is going to be buried into this water here and that means essentially what is going to happen is that you are going to wear a new gown a glorious gown that will qualify you for the kingdom of God you see that and I continue here somebody listen to what he says you see and I'll put on you rich garments you see then he said put a clean turban on his head verse 5 so they put a clean turban on his head and clothed him while the angel of the Lord stood by now why am I reading that verse for you because I want you to understand that even today as you begin the process of qualifying to enter the kingdom of God through baptism that is going to kill the flesh and kill the sinful desires of your flesh that is not a process that you have actually qualified for because you have merit it is not based on your merit that you are going to qualify for heaven today do you hear me somebody it is based on the merit of the blood of Jesus that is just the design of the father that's what the father designed so he may be able to redeem you there's nothing you've done that says for me I qualify for this than others that's why he says very clearly here look at what he says then he said Joshua no first of all verse 4 then the angel said those who were standing before him take off his filthy clothes our father Jehovah God before you were created in the physical he already had a plan for you that you should be sanctified our father already designed a plan for your sanctification that's why the book of I think first Thessalonians don't go there first Thessalonians chapter 4 he says therefore it was God's will that you be sanctified he already prepared this not by any merit of what you have done and number two what do you see there Joshua he is telling the the people stand those are the angels by the way the angel of the Lord is Christ Jesus by the way if you want to know he is telling the other angel standing next to Joshua say take off his filthy clothes what does that tell you about the baptism you are going into today that tells you that actually Jehovah God is the one that has already tailor-made for you the glorious gown you're going to wear today that is going to qualify you into heaven somebody he is the one that has made the gown it is not oh let me make my own gown I've now been baptized you cannot make your own gown you cannot shape your own way into the kingdom of God Jehovah has designed this for you through the blood of Jesus I said Isaiah 53 and that's why he commanded he said take off his filthy clothes today the Lord is going to command that your filthy clothes be taken off so you can begin wearing the glorious gown somebody that will qualify you into the kingdom of God again I repeat this one here the wedding gown that you're going to wear so you can make it into the wedding with Christ is made by Jehovah not by you not by man so the process you're going through is ordained by God and you have to go through this otherwise you cannot make it into the kingdom of God the filthy clothes you've been wearing that are so loaded with sin are going to be left right into the water here today and at times what do you see there let me just say hallelujah let me go through this with you listen to me somebody at times you've gone through things that's why after baptism we've received a lot of people calling do you know that i was hiv positive when you baptized me in in, in, in kakamega or in kericho and when i went back to check the wounds began disappearing the vidonda were healing 
and I went to visit here, they told me, now you are negative, we don't understand this. The filthy clothes that Joshua wore here made the enemy claim right over Joshua. The filthy clothes you are wearing before you were baptized makes the enemy claim right over you. That's why Satan was standing right next to him. But when the Lord orders that the filthy clothes be removed, so the glorious wedding gown that qualifies you into heaven be put on him, then you hear now the angels of the Lord are the ones standing next to him. Hallelujah. Isn't it awesome? So actually, the fact that you have not been baptized makes the enemy claim right over you. Hallelujah. But today, he will cease to claim any legal right over you or historic claim you can even refuse it because he will start flashing to you but remember you aborted here the other time how come you're forgetting that the other day you stole here how come you're forgetting that you fornicated adultery the other day here it is going to end you're going to tell him satan you have no historic claim over me no legal claim and that's why it was very important for me to navigate you here why because you see very clearly that when joshua is wearing the filthy gown the enemy is standing next to him and Remember that Joshua did not, the Lord did not tell Joshua, can you please go there and take one of those gowns and wear? No. He orders that actually, let listen to me everybody. He orders, he makes an order. He instructs that your filthy gown be removed so the rich garment, the glorious wedding gown that qualifies you for the kingdom of God. No wonder heaven opens over you and now the father puts you into sonship with him and he says, please put on him a rich and a glorious gown. And immediately you wear that gown, even Vidonda Izo, Magonjwa Izo, Zinaondoka. You see that? Nobody can even name any disease. He can heal all disease because your citizenship has just changed. You become a citizen of the kingdom of God. That means the enemy has no claim over you. But he had come to accuse Joshua. Let's finish this. You see? Let's just hold it there. Let's hold it there. I'm going to continue. Let's go straight to Luke 15. So you can understand what this is all about. The glorious gown that is going to put on you. Hallelujah. Luke chapter 15, somebody. It is not you that tailor makes that cloth. You cannot say, oh, I am busy making my glorious gown. You cannot say such a thing. Your glorious gown has been made by Jehovah God. Wale ambao haski kizungu. Minimesema, zile mavazi za utukufu, za arusi ambazo utavaa kuhusu unyakuaji wa kanisa. Hizo mavazi zimetengenezwa na buwana mwenyewe. Uwezi ukasema doo, wacha nijitengeneze vazi moja, tukufu nijitairishie ili ya rusi na yesu. Imetengenezwa na buwana mwenyewe. Na buwana mwenyewe ndi anamurisha. Anasema, jameni, muondowe hizo vazi chafu chafu ambaza amevaa mumpatie vazi tukufu. Akisha vaa vazi tukufu atakuwa mwanangu atakuwa amerithi ufalme wa binguni. Do you hear me somebody? Let us look at the book of Luke 15 just to emphasize that before we go back to Zarakariah. I begin from uh, verse 17 everybody. Luke 15. Look at what he says there. When he came to his senses, he said, "How many of my father's hired men have food to spare?" And here I am starving to death. He had gone out and he was feeding pig. Do you hear me? And his dressing was filthy. The gown he was putting on is filthy. Loaded with sin. And Satan claimed complete right over him. That is where you are sitting right now before you are baptized. You are wearing filthy clothes, somebody. You are wearing clothes that are very filthy. Therefore the devil has claim over you. 
He has legal right over you. And then he says, just a moment, listen to me. How many of my father's hired men have more than enough bread to eat? Warm bread, by the way. That is repentance. Do you hear me? That is the gospel John the Baptist brought. No wonder John did not tell them, oh, when the Pharisees were coming, he did not tell them, hey, nani kimbia huko mlango, naona hiyo masidi zimepaka hapo, kimbia alshas pokeo ageni haraka sana jameni. Tengeneza viti hapa. And then when he arrived, say, mwakaribishwa sana, the, the preaching stops a bit. Worshipping man. You see that? And then they give them the front desk because they have seen the Mercedes Benz. Or because they have seen a Pajero. Or they have just seen you dressed very well. You understand? They know this one can produce a Mbegu Sawa Sawa. John did not do such things. And yet John preached in the wilderness. Kwenye Jangwa. John did not go to the house where Zechariah, his father, Zechariah was a high priest. Why? Because in that house, there were two priests. There was not one priest in that house. Even when John was born. And that is a state of malfunction. Dysfunction in the church. When you have two heads, there is no head at all. You are listening to two voices. No wonder Jehovah did not send John. John, can you go? Your father has been a bishop. Can you go now and become a bishop also? Enter there and preach. And that's what the church in Kenya has done. Oh, I am a bishop. In our family, we have been bishops. My father left it to me, so I'm in the altar. I feel very sorry for the sons or the children whose fathers allow them to take over the altar, to start grooming them in that altar. I feel very sorry for them because we see the ways of God here very clearly that every calling is unique. You can never wear the same calling. And John, instead of going to the Father's temple, he went straight to the wilderness. They came to him in the wilderness. Why did they come to him? Because the Spirit of the Lord led them to him, right? Every time the Lord is always going to cause them to come there. And when they came, he did not say, Nani kimbia, kimbia, nani. Nimono wageni wamengi hapo. Tairisha kiti hapa. He did not do that. And then after they sit down, the church in Kenya, ala kuanaza kubiri, kufraisha mgeni. He did not do that. He said, you brutes of vipers, who has warned you of the wrath of God that is coming. He rebuked the sin in them, right? Don't even sit down there and say, produce fruit because the axe is at the foot of the tree. Don't set yourselves with Abraham as our father. You see what I'm saying? And very clearly he says here, hallelujah, we have to finish this. We have to bring this boat to the show again. He says, when he came to his senses, when he realized actually that he's living on a new identity, he wears another name. He's not wearing the name that Jehovah God gave him. Listen to this. When he came to his senses, he said, how many of my father's hired men have more, more food to spare? And here I am starving to death. Verse 18. I will set out and go back to my father and say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your hired men. What is that to you, somebody? Repentance. Okay? That is repentance. If you are wearing filthy clothes, somebody, if you know that today you are going to be baptized and you are still in those filthy clothes, remember one thing. There has to be repentance in your heart. You must be repentant in your heart before even the clothes can be removed. Now let us continue, somebody. Look at what it says here. But while he was still a long way off, his father saw him and was filled with compassion for him and ran to his son and threw his arm around him and kissed him, somebody. You see that? Look at verse 21. The son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Verse 22 is for you, somebody. Listen out what the father said. But the father said to his servants, Quick, bring the best robe 
and put on him and put a ring in his finger and sandals on his feet and they bought a fattened calf and they killed it and let's have a feast and celebrate for this son of mine was dead but is now alive he was lost but has now been found do you see that somebody so it is the father that commands that today when you be baptized a new gown be put on you we saw the same thing during joshua when he ordered the new gown put on joshua the same thing now is being done with the lost son a new gown and then the wedding ring and he made it straight into the wedding with christ it is very critical you understand today that your dressing is going to change you can even go to the office and tell people listen to me people me i am born again i am baptized the old is gone this is a new creation you are seeing in this office today do you understand me and whatever i did last week you go to that man that was lasting at you whom you were lasting with go back to him and say you know what i have just received the lord whatever i did last week is over is out i have received christ you see that let me just finish one thing somebody so we can go into baptism the book of zechariah there i just finished for you chapter 3 i'm just finishing so you understand what it means to keep the gown that you're receiving today you see then the angel of the lord was 6 zechariah chapter 3 then the angel of the lord gave this charge to joshua you are going to be given charge today he's going to give you a duty today when you begin wearing that glorious gown he's going to give you charge then the angel of the lord said gave this charge to joshua this is what the lord almighty says if you will walk in my ways and keep my requirements then you will govern my house and have charge of my courts and i'll give you a place among these ones standing here Did you hear that? That means today is a very critical day for your threshold. Which means today you are crossing over, you are crossing the Jordan to the other side and you are wearing now a glorious gown. But listen to me, there is an obligation that comes with wearing that gown. You have to keep his requirements in order to be able to have that gown glorious and clean until the day of the rapture. You have to be sure that you can walk in the ways of God. How do you keep that gown? By walking in the ways of Jehovah God. Otherwise, the book of Hebrews chapter 10 verse 26 31 will apply on you. Taking the grace of our Lord, throwing it down, trampling underfoot as useless thing. So for you to be able to lift up the name of Jesus, for you to be able to bring honor unto the work Jesus did on the cross, you have to keep the gown glorious and clean. I am reading again the book of Revelation to do this somebody are we there Hallelujah I'm reading Revelation 19 so you can understand the importance of keeping the gown holy Revelation 19 verses 6 to 8 to 9 He says then I heard what sounded like the great multitude like the roaring of rushing waters like the loud peals of thunder shouting Hallelujah for our Lord God Almighty reigns let us rejoice and be glad and give him glory for the wedding of the lamb has Hallelujah do you hear that Harusi la Bwana limeingia Harusi la Mwana kondoa Mungu limefika sasa Let us say glory to the Lord because Harusi limeingia That's why I'm talking about the wedding gown This is not a normal baptism somebody This is a baptism that is coming in a critical time when the rapture of the church is near. That's why today I tailored it to the rapture of the church. That is the glorious gown that you are going to wear. And he continues by saying, "Let us rejoice and be glad and give him glory, for the wedding of the lamb has come and his bride has made herself ready." 
Do you hear that? Are you ready for the wedding even before you go into the baptism? Let us rejoice because the, the bride has made herself ready. What does that mean to you? Your heart must be ready today. It is about your heart because the gown anyway comes from the Father. You cannot say because I've seen you with the gown, you are ready, you are beginning to prepare your gown. No way. The glorious gown has been prepared by Jehovah God. But the only thing that makes us say, Hallelujah, let us give glory to Him, is because the, the, the bride is ready. Her heart is ready. She's now wearing the heart of flesh. Zamani hapo kidogo, ile moyo wa mawe, moyo mugumu. Just a few months ago, you were wearing a heart of stone. And He says, Hallelujah. Let us rejoice and give thanks. Why? Because the bride of Christ, she is ready. Which means her heart is repentant. A repentant heart is what makes you ready because everybody qualifies for the government. You see that? But listen to what he says down there. He says, Hallelujah. Fine linen, bright and clean, was given her to wear. It does not say she made for herself a fine linen and cleaned it up and prepared it and wore it. Say, fine linen, bright and clean was given to her hallelujah the fine linen is going to be given to you today i'm finishing this thing today you see and fine linen stands for the righteous ways of the saints right hallelujah now listen to what he says then the angel said to me right blessed are those who are invited to the wedding supper of the Lamb of God. And then he added by saying, these are the true words of God. Let us quickly do Isaiah 61, just so you understand how you can keep that gown. Righteousness will help you keep the wedding gown. Do you hear me? Righteousness, not, nothing else. I'm just talking to you about how to keep the gown, even after you receive the gown today. Isaiah 60, 61, somebody. Keeping the glorious gown that you're wearing today. Look at what he says here. He says, I delight, verse 10, Isaiah 61, verse 10. I delight greatly in the Lord. My soul rejoices in my God. For he has clothed me with garments of salvation. That's what you're wearing today, somebody, right? And I'm talking to you about the qualities that that gown will give you today. Salvation. You've been redeemed, purchased. Finish the whole price. You see, hallelujah, for he has clothed me with the garments of salvation and arrayed me in a robe of righteousness. Do you see that? In other words, righteousness is going to be now a season, it's going to be a word that is seasoned in your heart. Uhaki. Now takatifu. Righteousness and holiness are going to be seasoned in your heart, somebody. This is a unique baptism. This baptism comes right before the rapture. There is no way you can slide back intentionally. Accidentally, you will come out and say, Lord, I have fallen accidentally. Give me a hand. Listen to this. He has arrayed me in a robe of righteousness. That is one of the qualities that robe will give you. You see that? And he says, as a bridegroom adorns his head like a priest, as a bride adorns herself with her jewels, you're going to be a jewel in the kingdom of God. Hallelujah. When you wear that gown, I'm just giving you the qualities that that, listen to me precious people, that gown is also going to bring you abundant peace. That gown is giving you abundant peace. He's saying in the scripture, well, look at what he says. He says, the Lord has adorned me with that powerful garment. And now I have waves of righteousness around me. Listen to that very carefully. That's the scripture I was giving you. I have waves of righteousness around me. And I have a river of peace sweeping my heart. A river of peace. Yes, 48, 18. Thank the Lord. That's the scripture I was heading to. Uh, he says, a river of peace. Hallelujah. A river of peace is going to sweep your heart. And then you will have waves and ripples of righteousness 
righteousness around you, which means that God is going to create an ambience of holiness around you. When someone comes and he wants to sin around you, he cannot. If I, I don't know why when I get to her, I trembled. I could not tell her what you told me to tell her. I just trembled. Hallelujah. You sent me at Niendanim to Kane Sawasawa. But when I read there, I just trembled. He's going to surround you with waves of righteousness. The righteousness of God come with the power and the authority of God. They cannot reach you. And then the peace of God that is going to sweep your heart. Listen to me now. The peace of God that will sweep your heart will give you confidence. Everlasting confidence. And so people wonder, why are her knees not shaking? And everybody has been given a letter of notice. And she's very stable and very peaceful and very firm. She's happy. She's just worshipping her God. That means you begin to understand that if you are with God, nothing can turn against you because you have entered into sonship with God. That means you have every right in the kingdom of God, the creator of heaven and earth and all the things on the earth. You see that? And even if you fall sick or even if your children were to fall sick, you find that the peace of God will give you confidence and stability such that people may not understand. It is called joy unspeakable. You see that? I just wanted to mention a little bit of the qualities that this gown will bring you. Number one, righteousness. Because this gown like you see today comes with the anointing of the Holy Spirit. So you are going to be aware, ah, just a moment. Me, I wear a holy gown in the name of Jesus. So even if you want to do something, you're going to say, I cannot do this anymore. Even if they call you by phone, they say, come, let us do the things we used to do. You are not able to do so because that gown coming with the anointing of the Holy Spirit will keep you up That remind you that listen, by the way, you did not qualify for that gown. That gown was given to you as a blessing. That gown, the Lord ordered that it be blessed on you. Don't lose it. You see that? And I just want to mention one last thing before we finish about this gown. When you receive this gown, listen to me somebody, because this gown is tied with the Holy Spirit. When you receive this gown, that is the moment that was ordained by God that on that day, at that time, you are going, he's going to order for the angels to put that gown on you. When you are created, he knew that on this day, you are going to be baptized here, and you are going to wear that gown on this day. And what does that tell me? That means today is your day of visitation. Do you understand me? And that, that means it is very critical that you understand everything about this visitation. I don't want to proceed the way I wanted to go right now. I can just give you examples of people or places that failed to recognize their moment of visitation. I don't want to go there. That's another site to take us three hours. Let's just stop it here. But I'll just give it here as an example. Do you know that the Israel, do you know that Israel is the wife of Jehovah? We are aware of this, right? We also know that he says, you are the firstborn among the nations, right? And he says, I can do anything to deliver you, right? He says, I have an everlasting covenant with you, right? But let me tell you one thing. When Israel failed to recognize the hour of their visitation, hallelujah, when they fail, I'm just using that to tell you that if today is your hour of visitation, don't take it kimza. Don't take it like a joke. If today is your hour of visitation, take it with gravity. Let him transform you and push you right into the kingdom of God. But when Israel failed to recognize the hour of visitation, however much he loved them, listen to me. The Lord walked back through the eastern gate and the eastern gate of Jerusalem faces the Mount of Olives. Hallelujah. And the Mount of Olives as we know, let me not even get there yet. He faced, he went through the eastern gate, he stood there, and he looked back like this. And he said, Oh Jerusalem, oh Jerusalem, how I've always wished and wanted to gather your children like a, a hen gathers her children. The Lord went to the Mount of Olives, look at this everybody. And then heaven opened, and he was taken right into heaven from that mountain. 
In other words, the eastern gate of Jerusalem faces the gate to heaven. Do you hear me? But because they did not recognize the hour of their visitation, the eastern gate was shut and the gates of heaven were shut on them. The eastern gate was closed on them. Even the gate of heaven was closed on them. Until today, no peace has reigned in Israel. Until today, no peace has ever reigned there. I know that. I've lived there for seven years. No peace has ever reigned there. They have suffered everything, including Holocaust. Now listen to this. Until today, no peace has reigned in this land, in that land. Because they failed to recognize their hour of visitation. And I want to finish up by saying, the eastern gate being closed today in Jerusalem, and that's how I'm summarizing this teaching today, is monumental for the church. In other words, when the Lord said, now your temple will lie desolate, he talked about the church. He said, church, the church is you, right? If you fail to recognize your hour of visitation, church, the gates of heaven are going to close over you. Let me repeat this. In other words, when we see the eastern gate of Jerusalem closed today, it is testimony to the church. That when you fail to recognize your hour of visitation, and we, because we know that every time there is an hour of visitation like this, after the hour of visitation, the follow-up is always the shutdown of heaven. Let me put it in other words. After every hour of visitation, heaven always closes. Did you hear me, somebody? After every hour of visitation, heaven always closes. So if today is your hour of visitation, don't go into the, into the God they are teaching in the other churches out here. They're teaching one house, you baptize one, tena, now you just, nime baptize Now now you're continuing in sexual sin with baptize Let us get out of that type of God they're teaching. I'm talking about Jehovah Yahweh, the one that cannot compromise with sin. In the book of Hebrews, I don't have time, I don't know why you people keep doing this to me. You see, Hebrews, I'm reading to finish that, to emphasize for you that every single time, hallelujah, the gates of heaven, there are so many Hebrews, 10, Hebrews 6, let's just read 6. Hallelujah. This is what he says here, Hebrews 6, verses 4 to 6. He says, it is impossible, hallelujah, for those who have once been enlightened, who have tasted the heavenly gift, who have shared in the Holy Spirit, who have tasted the goodness of the word of God, and the powers of the coming age, it is impossible, hallelujah, if they fall away, to be brought back to repentance, because to their loss, they are crucifying the Son of God all over again. In other words, if today is your day of visitation, somebody, make sure you have crossed the Jordan. Make sure you have crossed completely out of the land of sin. Do you hear me? Make sure you have crossed out of the land of Egypt. Make sure you have entered into the kingdom of God. Like I said again, when the Lord looked at Jerusalem, and there are millions of them, by the way, and you see that after the church is taken away in the rapture, and the Holy Spirit taken with the church, He is not talking of 100 million. He is talking of 144,000. Only 1,000. He said, those are the ones who bear my name and the name of David, my father. Hallelujah. And that means when he really shut down, when, when, when Jerusalem failed to recognize their hour of visitation and heaven was shut, it had an eternal implication. Do you hear me, somebody? Eternal implication. Don't take it for granted that you're being baptized here. It has an eternal implication in your life. It has an eternal implication in your life. And that's why you see that when the gate in Jerusalem shut, that's it. He's now talking about tribulation and he's going to take only 144,000. And he says those are the ones who have not even touched a woman. The eunuchs. 
for the Lord. You see that? And the way the things are running in the world, most of them have touched women and men. You see that? So that means most of them have failed to make it. Revelation chapter 14. Those are the ones who have not touched a man or a woman. They have separated as eunuchs for the Lord. For the sake of the Lamb of God. I know I'm talking about it in a good way. You understand? Don't look at me say, but we were married. Don't. <laughs> I see married people looking at me say, what do you mean? Why are you changing this preaching now? Why are you talking crazy? <laughs> Hallelujah. I am talking about those in sin. And I'm talking about another level of calling, okay? Because you qualify for heaven. Even those of you that were married in sexual sin, remember that your marriage can be washed by the blood of Jesus and sanctified, okay? But I'm talking about another level. I'm talking about people who have decided that for the sake of the Lamb of God, she's going to be single. I'm talking about people who have been removed away like myself, taken away by the Lord and say, don't ever touch a woman. So I'm just explaining to you the importance of recognizing your hour of visitation. When they fail to recognize their hour of visitation, the Lord raised the bar. You understand? He raised the bar for them. Very few can make it. Only 144,000. And yet for the Gentile church, he opened a floodgate, a big rupture. You see that? For you with your wives and children, if you are able to stick to what I say today, walking in righteousness and holiness, you have made it. Do you understand me, somebody? You have made it. And for you, it does not matter with your husband. He can clean with the blood of Jesus. And so you make it for as long as he chooses ways. But all I'm emphasizing here is the fact that Jerusalem did not recognize her hour of visitation. And when that gate shut, it remains a monument for the church to see and remember that always take it serious when you encounter your hour of visitation. Because there is not another. Do you understand me? There is only one hour of visitation. And after you receive your hour of visitation, listen to me carefully, somebody. After your hour of visitation, the floodgates of heaven will be open over you. And Jerusalem, he is now talking about 144,000, which means majority have failed to make it. You hear what I'm saying? Completely failed to make it into heaven. And yet they are the firstborn. They are the beloved of the Lord. You see that? I'm just using that to emphasize the gravity of you recognizing your hour of visitation. Okay? So don't take it kimza. Don't take it like a joke. Take it very serious that today, Lord, I am crossing over. It is finished. I am crossing over. And let the Holy Spirit consume you. And let the Holy Spirit infect you. And let the river of life sweep you towards the kingdom of God. And I want you to understand that many things will change in your lives. Even after baptism, you will sit down. And when you sit, you will just feel some sense of peace. If you are like me, you will sit down. I remember when I sat down in that apartment building in Chicago at the balcony I'd just been baptized and I wept my tears were dropping dup, dup, dup. I didn't understand why I was crying the peace of Christ came and swept my heart even you the peace of God is going to sweep your heart and when the peace of God sweeps your heart you just find you are weeping say why are you weeping you cannot explain to people in the office why you are weeping no I just love him so what do you mean you just love him I'm talking about the Lord you see and they will not understand the peace of Christ is going to sweep your heart like a river so may the Lord bless you help you and sanctify you and remember when you enter the kingdom of God now you have a lot of right okay you have the right of sonship which means you can now speak for your children from inside there you can talk to Jehovah say Lord now I am claiming my sons and daughters to you in salvation you can also speak your husbands into the kingdom now because you have a right you speak with him like a daughter speaks to the father you say father today I'm just longing to see my husband into the kingdom and even if you are a son in heaven there is no insecurity he will give you manna depending on that day and the hunger for the day you cannot say you keep some because it will rot he will give you according to the requirement of that day okay so may the lord bless you 
And may you encounter the Holy Spirit even as you are baptized. Let us pray now and let us stand up and pray. desires of their flesh, the sinful desires of their hearts, the sinful desires of the world that has lived in them. Father, I've told them that they are going to die and be buried with Christ Jesus, your Holy Son, that through the power of the same Holy Spirit who resurrected Jesus, these ones are going to be resurrected with Christ Jesus and they will qualify into the kingdom of God. Father, today I have also spoken to them about the fact that they cannot no longer anymore use any part of their bodies for sinful purpose because they have crossed over into the glorious and holy kingdom of God. Father, I have spoken to them in the name of Jesus about sonship with you in heaven, Jehovah. That means they will belong to your family and your family is a holy family. I have told them that their identity marker that they will wear as a member of that family is the marker of holiness and righteousness. Father, I did not hide anything from them that you gave me. I told them that it is you that prepared the wedding gown that they are going to wear today. They did not qualify by their own merit, but by the merit of the blood of Jesus in Isaiah 53. That in Isaiah 53, you tailor made the cloth for them. And today you are going to command your angels to remove their filthy garments so they can wear their glorious garments and so the enemy can never claim any right over them in the name of Jesus. And so they can now be hires and they can be people that can inherit the kingdom of God. But I've told them that the most difficult part is to maintain that glorious gown, to keep that gown holy, to keep that linen clean and bright. Father, help your children today. Father, crucify their flesh today. Father, I've told them that this is the most important hour of their visitation. 
Father, I have reminded them about the eastern gate of Jerusalem that you spoke to me about when you took me to Jerusalem five days ago and you took me to the Mount of Olives and from the Mount of Olives five days ago, Jehovah, you slammed open the eastern gate and you showed me how your glory would enter there. Father, I have told them that that remains as a monument that it is closed now, that they who are the church should take it serious if this is their day of visitation. Father, may you keep that door open in their lives so they can experience repeated visitations and make it into the kingdom of God. I pray this in the name of Jesus. Amen. Let us worship one song. Receive the Lord. And everyone here, repeat with them very loud. So, mighty Jesus, mighty Jesus, I receive you today. 
I receive you today to be my Lord. And to be my savior, and to be the king of my heart. I repent, Jesus, of all my sins. And today I open my heart to you that you may wash my heart and wash my sins and fill my heart with the Holy Spirit. Mighty Lord. Lord, Lord, you can dress me today, dress me today with, the glorious God, with the glorious God, so I may see you. So I may see you. Lord Jesus, Lord Jesus, please help me, please help me during the rapture. During the rapture, don't forget me. Don't forget me. In the mighty name of Jesus. In the mighty name of Jesus, I have prayed. I have prayed. Amen. 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 Amen.